Peace be upon you. God willing, today we're going to start by reading some verses from uh, Surah 7, verses 12 through 25. And this is the dialogue between God and Satan. And um, it starts with God speaking. It says, he said, what prevented you from prostrating when I ordered you? Uh, Satan responded, I am better than he. You created me from fire and created him from mud. He said, therefore, you must get the, uh, go down, for you're not to be arrogant here. Get out, you're debased. He said, grant me a respite until the day of resurrection. He said, you are granted a respite. He said, since you have willed that I go astray, I will skulk for them on your straight path. I will come to them from before them and from behind them and from their right and from their left, and you will find that most of them are unappreciative. He said, get out there from despised and defeated. Those among them who follow you, I will fill hell with you all. As for you, Adam, dwell with your wife in paradise and eat therefrom as you please. But do not approach this one tree, lest you fall in sin. The devil whispered to them in order to reveal their bodies, which were invisible to them. He said, Your Lord did not forbid you from this tree, except to prevent you from becoming angels and from attaining eternal existence. He swore to them, I am giving you good advice. He thus duped them with lies. As soon as they tasted the tree, their bodies became visible to them, and they tried to cover themselves with the leaves of paradise. Their Lord called upon them, Did I not enjoin you from that tree and warn you that the devil is your most ardent enemy? They said, Our Lord, we have wronged their souls, and unless you forgive us and have mercy on us, we will be losers. He said, Go down as enemies of one another. On earth shall be your habitation and provision for a while. He said, On it you will live, on it you will die, and from it you will be brought out. So the question I had is, how was it possible that Adam and Eve were given paradise? I mean, think, this is what everyone strives to have, is paradise. They had it, and yet they still fell into temptation and were duped by the devil. And uh, it's a very profound question. Every, you know, uh, it's easy to read this and be like, oh, what were these guys thinking? But literally, this is something that we all experience on a daily basis. And uh, I want to dig deeper into that. So the reason we experience this is because if we were to follow all of God's commandments, right? God asks us to uh, do our contact prayers, to uh, fast, to give to charity, uh, to uh, lead a righteous life. If we do these, God guarantees perfect health, wealth, and happiness. Perfect happiness is what we're guaranteed. It's when we step out of God's kingdom, when we choose to commit sin, that all of a sudden disasters, hardship, adversity hits us. And um, we see like in uh, chapter 20, verse 118, 119, God tells Adam again, says, You are granted never to hunger there, nor go in shelter, nor will you thirst there, nor suffer from any heat. Meaning that as long as you maintain God's commandments, you will have a perfect life. You'll have everything you need. You'll have. Uh, you'll be uh, challenged. You'll have an enjoyable uh, life. But the second you choose to fall in sin, you approach that tree. You taste from that tree. That's when disaster strikes. You know. That's when we become vulnerable. Uh, in the uh, verses we read, it says their bodies were invisible to them. It means that they had security. But the second that they tasted that tree, they committed sin. All of a sudden, their bodies became visible to them, and they lacked security. They became insecure. They became shameful. And this is what happens when we fall in sin. And the simple thing is, is if we follow God's advice and say, okay, do not approach sin, then we would be saved, right? But it's not that easy. <laughs> I wish it was that easy uh, to just not approach. Because while some of the sins you can say uh, identify as an environment or a uh, physical place, maybe it's somewhere that you go that if you know you go there, you're going to either uh, drink or smoke or, you know, intoxicants. And, uh, or you're going to backbite or do something that's sinful, you can say, okay, well, I'm just not going to go there. Now, that decision might be difficult, but it's something that you know as long as you're not in that environment, you're going to be protected from sin. And they actually did studies where they uh, brought people and uh, they said, hey, you know, they identified what their uh, uh, 
kind of vice was, what was their uh, temptation that they were trying to avoid. And what they found out was they would periodically ping these people and say, hey, are you in the vicinity to, uh, uh, to dwell on this vice? And what they found was that the people who claimed to have higher self-control were just less likely to be in the environment where they would commit those vices. And that works great, again, when it's a physical place, it's an environment that we can refrain from going to. But a lot of the vices aren't in physical places, they're vices of the mind, right? It's the uh, temptation to have a uh, suspicion, to, uh, to backbite, to gossip, uh, to have lust. You know, these are things that it's not as uh, easy to avoid, right? It's not like you just say, okay, I'm gonna go somewhere else and avoid this, because these are vices, these are temptations that Satan uses that are 100% uh, mental. And the question is, what do we do in these situations? You know, what is the proper outcome of handling uh, these uh, these tempting sins, uh, sins that uh, are in the mind? And um, in uh, the Bible, in James 1, 13 through 18, it reads, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Because we know that if uh, we lead a righteous life, when we, our physical bodies, die, uh, we're just brought into paradise. Uh, our lives continue. But those who don't um, develop, nourish their souls, who commit sins uh, throughout their whole lives, uh, what happens is they suffer the, uh, the, the second death. And that's the death of the soul. Um, and uh, so what do we do? Like, how do we handle these uh, situations when it's the, uh, the, the sin of the, uh, the mind? Um, or even if we're within a vicinity, let's say you have a toxic work environment or uh, in school you have a, a place where you just say, look, it's hard to maintain righteousness in this environment and you don't have the option of leaving. You know, how do you deal with these situations? And the, uh, it's something that I have came to realize is that this is not something that we can handle on our own. Without God's mercy, without imploring God and asking God to protect us from sin, uh, it's a lost battle. And we see this from Adam and Eve. They were in the physical presence of God. They had everything. They had paradise. Yet, they still fell in sin. And I'm absolutely convinced that the only way we can truly be protected from sin is we have to continuously implore God and pray to God to uh, protect us from sin. In chapter 12, verse 23, we read the story of uh, Joseph. And the title is God Protects Believers from Sin. It reads, The lady of the house where he lived tried to seduce him. She closed the doors and said, I am all yours. He said, May God protect me. He is my Lord who gave me a good home. The transgressors never succeed. She almost succumbed to him and he almost succumbed to her. If it were not that he saw proof from his Lord, we thus diverted evil and sin away from him. For he was one of our devoted servants. And again, even after this incident, where the uh, governor's wife still tried to seduce Joseph. He implored God, he said, God, the jail, the prison is better than to uh, be in a place where uh, he would be tempted uh, by these individuals. And by God's leave, God put him in prison and exalted him in prison, which is pretty awesome in itself, uh, to protect him from sin. And um, even though that these were on erroneous terms, that they made false accusations against him, God was protecting him. You know, here's a guy who's so good looking that literally women are like throwing themselves at him. And uh, it's a huge responsibility. And the only way we can protect ourselves from sin is we have to implore God. We have to ask God to protect us, to uh, uh, divert evil away from us. 
uh, so we don't fall into these uh, temptations because to realize that, look, even in paradise, even when you have everything, uh, the temptation can be so strong that it, and all it takes is a moment to, to slip. And we see another example in uh, Joseph, right? When Joseph was in prison, he interprets his uh, two cellmates' uh, dreams, and one of them was going to be the uh, wine butler for the, uh, um, uh, for, yeah, the king. Um, he forgot. He momentarily forgot God, and he asked him, he said, uh, you know, uh, rem uh, remember me at your Lord, right, at the king. God is the one who put him there. God is the one who's going to take him out. And this slip-up caused him to spend more years in, uh, in prison. And it's these instances where the devil's going to come in and entice us uh, to make the uh, to fall into temptation. Uh, constantly, we read in the Quran um, in chapter seven, I believe, around two hundred, and in uh, chapter forty-one, uh, where God is telling us, you know, to basically pardon, to forgive, to forget, to treat each other in the best possible manner, uh, to respond with the nicest possible response. That after these verses, God immediately tells us that we need to seek refuge in God from Satan rejected. And the reason is, it's because it's at these moments that Satan's going to try to get us. Because we might be completely not thinking about any of these uh, temptations, and then that instant that we can slip, Satan's going to do his utmost to try to get us. And the, the aspect is we have to continuously implore, because when we implore God to protect us from sin, then God can divert the sin so we don't fall into these situations. And... Um, we have to realize that without the imploring of God, we're not going to be able to avoid sin on our own merits. It's impossible. You have to surrender to God. And this is actually the foundation of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, up until 1935, when Bill Wilson started Alcoholics Anonymous, they used to think alcoholism was an incurable disease. That once someone had um, was an alcoholic, there's nothing you can do. They're basically going to drink themselves to death. And... Um, what Bill Wilson did with uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is he created the 12-step uh, program. And literally, the uh, first step is admitting that you cannot control one's alcoholism, addiction, or compulsion, followed by recognizing a higher power that can give strength, right? Recognizing God, that without God, even if you acknowledge that you have this temptation, without God intervening, without God's support and help, there's no way we're going to be able to be saved from temptation, it was interesting, once uh, the 12-step program took root, all of a sudden, you know, you had millions of people who were previously alcoholics who were able to refrain from it. And it was with this combination, this aspect of admitting, hey, I have this shortcoming, and then looking, imploring the Creator to help us out with that. And, um, you know, when we surrender to God, uh, that's when we can truly avoid uh, temptation. And there's other methods, like uh, one of the ones that uh, you uh, start hearing more about is uh, commitment devices. And what a commitment device is, is basically putting a safeguard in there that it's going to push you towards uh, falling up and not, you know, say if you want to have a certain behavior or refrain from a certain behavior. Um, for instance, a simple one, say a swear jar, right? So each time I use a uh, F-bomb or <laughs> say a bad word, you know, I'm going to put $20 into a jar. Um, and depending on how high I make that threshold, it's going to be that much more painful, right? Because if I say 10 cents, eh, I might swear a lot. If I say $20, all of a sudden I'm going to be a lot more conscientious. Uh, another one is uh, people, they'll take embarrassing photos of themselves in a, a swimsuit and they say, look, if I don't lose 10 pounds in the next, you know, three, four, five months, whatever that may be, I want you to publish this photo on Facebook on my behalf. Or they'll say, hey, if I don't, you know, meet this commitment by this date, I'm going to donate, you know, like say $10, $100, whatever, um, 
to this organization that I'm against, right? So rather than making it seem like something that's uh, altruistic, it's going to be uh, towards a cause that you're repulsed by. And again, by setting these commitment devices, we're able to adequately refrain from that behavior or live up to the expectations that we set for ourselves. And God does the same thing. Once we implore God, once we submit to God, once we uh, make God our uh, foundation, God puts in commitment devices on our behalf, right? God is going to remove the sin from uh, being a temptation. Uh, also, God is not going to put us in a situation where uh, uh, we're going to fall in sin. And this is a huge blessing. Uh, God tells us in the, uh, the Quran, um, where is that verse? Uh, basically, if it wasn't for uh, God's mercy, you know, uh, if he was to increase the provisions for any believer, they would immediately fall into sin, that God sends it down precisely measured. Um, and this is, a, again, it's a commitment device that God has instituted once we make that decision. And I've seen in my own life, you know, there's temptations that uh, I would have uh, such troubles with. And then literally, once I come to the realization that it's not me, that I can't do this on my own uh, volition, that I need the help of God, all of a sudden the temptation, the sin, the, uh, the, the falling into it just goes away, disappears. And it's amazing. And um, one of the, uh, the famous ones is uh, uh, the story of uh, uh, the Odyssey with uh, Odysseus. So Odysseus, when they're sailing, uh, there's uh, sirens. And these uh, sirens, apparently their uh, voices are so beautiful that what it does is when the uh, sailors hear the sounds, that they get misdirected and they drive right into the rocks, destroying the ship. And no one has ever been able to listen to the sound and live to tell about it. So what uh, Odysseus does is he says, I have to hear this sound. So what he does is he has his men rope him, tie him up to the, uh, uh, the ship, and they have all the crew fill their ears with wax except for Odysseus. And he told his men, he says, no matter how much I implore, no matter how much I scream and yell and command you to follow the sound of the sirens, do not follow any of my orders. And during that time, he's uh, uh, able to hear the sounds, but he's going through such agony because he wants to go towards death. And it's out of uh, the, this commitment device that he had his crew fill their ears with wax and basically uh, not follow any of his orders during this time that he was able to hear the sound and live to tell about it. And uh, sometimes we have to realize we have these shortcomings and we have to acknowledge that, look, we're going to be tempted. It's part of the, uh, the system. But knowing that, what are we going to do to safeguard ourselves? And um, if we're not going to take responsibility, we're not going to implore God, we're not going to seek God's help, uh, it's not likely that we're going to pass. And again, the perfect example is Adam and Eve. They had everything, everything, and yet they still fell in sin. And one of the big things in regards to these sins of the mind is that we have to realize that, look, we can control our thoughts, right? This is the one thing that uh, we have a, a domain over. Uh, the thoughts might come, but the fact is we can choose which ones we want to entertain, which ones do we want to dwell upon. And in 74.38, it says, every soul is trapped by its sins. And I was thinking of this. I'm like, how is it that every soul is trapped by their sins? What does this mean? And one of the things, like uh, metaphors I was thinking is, imagine each sin is a, uh, uh, you have a shovel and you're digging deeper into a hole. And each time you're doing that, you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole. And um, eventually you're going to be trapped by these sins. But I think it's more than that. What I think is, you know, every single sin stems from a thought. Right, uh, you think of uh, Satan when Satan uh, defied God in the uh, the great feud and refused to uh, uh, serve Adam. 
All this took place is because Satan had supercilious thoughts that he could be a god beside God. And part of God's system is to bring out our true convictions. We see this uh, mentioned numerous times in chapter 47, where it says the purpose of this world is to bring out our true convictions. And um, what happens is someone who cannot control their thoughts, and their thoughts are sinful, by definition, they're trapped by their sins. And it's only when you implore God, when you choose to say, look, I'm going to focus on the things that are righteous and um, not be uh, dwelling or thinking about these things that are hurtful for me, uh, that you actually have a chance. You know, if you're controlled by your thoughts, then you become a slave to your thoughts. If all sin stems, uh, all sins stem from thoughts, uh, like the example of Satan, then by definition, we're trapped by our sins, right? We're trapped by our thoughts. And um, this is a, a huge shortcoming because then we would never experience true freedom. You know, if our thoughts are the ones that are dictating what we do, and we're not taking an active approach to control those thoughts, then we're being trapped by our sins. We're being trapped by our uh, thoughts. In Luke, uh, in the Bible, in Luke twenty-two forty, it reads, On reaching the place, he said to them, so this is uh, Jesus, uh, they reached the uh, Mount of Olives, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. And it's something, again, we have to remember that this isn't happening by our own volition. Uh, without God's help, um, there is no uh, hope for us. Uh, Satan's going to come after us. He's going to tempt us. And unless we're uh, conscientious of that and implore God, uh, we're going to make the same mistake that Adam did. And, you know, each day that we fall into temptation, we commit sin. Uh, we're reenacting the exact same thing that Adam and Eve uh, did, such that we're guaranteed, you know, everything, all the problems we have in our lives to, to be able to be resolved, go away, to have perfect health, wealth, perfect security from God, um, if we just refrain from sin. And um, it tells us in the Quran, uh, one of the, you know, uh, powerful uh, prayers is in uh, chapter 23, verse 97 through 98, entitled to be protected from Satan. It says, say, my Lord, I seek refuge in you from the whispers of the devils, and I seek refuge in you, my Lord, lest they come near me. Um, and this is something that we can, you know, say continuously to ourselves in the sense of seeking refuge in God uh, from the whispers, from the temptations, and um, we have to be cognizant of that. Uh, that's a big reason that when God tells us when we read the Quran uh, to seek refuge in God, because even something as righteous as uh, reading Quran, if we're not careful, uh, Satan can come and twist our understanding, twist our uh, the way that we hear the verse or what we don't hear. Um, and again, these are uh, all elements to show that, you know, just how uh, absolutely blessed we are that God is uh, uh, going to support us. And all it takes on our end is to implore God, to be cognizant, to surrender to God, uh, to fully submit. And if we do that, God will protect us from sin and God willing allow us to uh, have uh, perfect health, wealth, and happiness uh, now and forever. So God willing, we're going to stop there. If you guys got comments, questions, hit us up at Talk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.